Hey, I'm Dr. Timothy Chen. And I'm Melissa Wood. And welcome to Common Sense Medicine. The goal of this podcast is to break down complex medical problems and make them common sense so that we can all learn and have better control of our health. Yes, and remember, this is a podcast for information purposes only. It's not medical advice, so if you need anything additional, speak to your provider. And with that being said, let's start our next episode. Let's do it. That we could get. Okay, we are. We should be good. Okay. Okay. All right, Melissa. Another episode. Yeah. I should be facing you more. I know. We're good. <laughs> <Here. laughs> okay. There we go. All right. We are. We are looking good now. All right. <laughs> All right. Today's going to be an interesting episode um, because what we're going to be talking about is vaccines. Yes. Yes, which is always a hot topic. And I feel like especially after the pandemic, it became ultra hot topic. Yeah, it became like very controversial. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And today we won't hit them all, mainly just the ones that are kind of seasonal and, mm-hmm. you know, relevant right now. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. There's been a, there's been a lot in the news lately mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the RSV vaccines. Um, that's probably the newest one that mm-hmm. people have heard about. So yeah, exactly. So today we will spend more time on the RSV vaccine, and oh, I feel like I sound funny, but <laughs> you sound just fine. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So we'll start our, our we'll focus mainly on the RSV, but we'll talk a little about flu and COVID because those vaccines are all often seasonal and like exactly right. We'll be fo- we're focusing mainly on these respiratory type of viruses. Um, but before we start, what we'll do is we'll give a little history of maybe vaccines, where they came from, because you're right, there's so much confusion about it uh and in the the days of social media it's like multiplied by 10 Mm -hmm. and so we'll start there but you know the vaccine idea of treating of a bacteria or virus before by exposing you to bits and pieces of it is actually something that's been going on for a long long time actually in the 1700s edward jenner this is a fascinating story he was the one that was he wasn't the first guy that came with the idea of let me give smallpox to um oh sorry cowpox to somebody to try to prevent smallpox but he was one that definitely tried it (laughs) (laughs) it's uh what he did was he took a um a small uh, actually pus from uh, cowpox and gave it to a kid eight years old (laughs) just that sounds like a terrible idea that's right it's like whose parents was like yes give it to my child (laughs) Uh, and then right after exposure to smallpox he did not have any issues um and so that essentially was our first successful like hey we could actually stop smallpox which i mean today we know smallpox is bad news mm-hmm. i mean that's like chemical warfare type uh type stuff um but the funny story from him he's, he kept injecting this kid with the pus over and over and <laughs> i don't know why um he did that but all that being said um all that being said this is essentially the birth of vaccines and so throughout human history we've really been able to tackle this problem uh, with other things like diphtheria and tetanus and pertussis and you know some of these death rates that i was looking at like for example diphtheria i don't think people know what diphtheria is but it's the thing in tdap Mm -hmm. diphtheria's death rate in children was literally like 10 to 20 percent yeah which is mind-boggling. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And I think people forget about those kinds of things or maybe just really never even learned those things because we've 
for our generation kind of have had the vaccines available to us, um, you know, in our parents' generations, um, you know, they had uh, mumps and things like that as yeah, a child. Yeah. So um, even just with our generation, we don't see those conditions anymore, or at least um, very I mean, I don't know. Rarely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that would be something that we we have not had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason is because of vaccines. And, you know, could you imagine if we didn't have those vaccines and children were dying at that rate yeah, um, yeah. from, you know, a preventable or now preventable illness? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about a 10% death rate, you know, that's, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did not used to, uh, I, I think back in the day, we, we, we just, and to this day, I mean, it's a more philosophical thing, but we just aren't used to death like that. Mm-hmm. When people used to have, you know, 15 kids or, you know, 13 kids. And they would say like, yeah, my brother passed away. My sister passed away from scarlet fever and stuff like that. And we're just like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, I mean, it's non-existent, thankfully, because of vaccines. So from a public health standpoint, vaccines have truly been probably one of the biggest things that have curbed um, outcomes, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now we have a couple of new ones, right? <laughs> We have a couple of new ones and way more, um, yeah, way more opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So today let's talk about the RSV vaccine. So RSV is very interesting. This is something that I've always paid attention to in children. When I used to work in pediatric inpatient, you would see RSV like crazy. I mean, that's just RSV season. Um, But this is probably the first year that I've really noticed a big focus on RSV in adults which Mm -hmm. is not common. Yeah. I mean, as long as we've been doing this, when we started hearing, hearing more about this this year, it was like, when did we start testing adults for RSV? (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, in, you know, my experience in hospital and different settings, we've never routinely tested for RSV in adults, which Mm -hmm. I think that probably we kind of talked about this. Maybe that changed during COVID when there were so many very severe respiratory illnesses and in sorting through what was what maybe that became more routine at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot, a lot of new numbers have come out um, that really Uh, you know, as far as hospitalizations for RSV, Mm -hmm. it's right up there um, with the rates for kids, you know, under five, as well as older adults, those hospitalization rates are pretty similar, and sometimes even more in older adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we remember hospitals being packed with kids, right? So for kids, the symptoms will be bronchiolized. And really for adults, too, it's very upper respiratory cough, congestion, runny nose, your typical things. Um, But it can definitely in children cause something called bronchiolitis, which essentially is the small airway shutting down. And little kids, I mean, they can get pretty sick. Mm -hmm. You see them in the hospital, see them in the ICU, they're like noses flaring, they're coughing, they look miserable. Uh, And so essentially we've invented a vaccine that you give to mom for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the elderly, you give it to them directly, just like any other vaccine. It's still one dose. And we've got some trial data on it. And uh, it looks pretty good. So we'll talk about that. Um, but you're right. This is, I guess, the second take in RSV vaccine. They tried it again about 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Did not work. It had something called viral enhancement or antibody enhancement, which actually made the kids who got the vaccine, who got RSV, sicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been tabled forever, but now they've decided to try it again and 
seems like it's pretty good data wise. Yeah, yeah. And just to kind of put in to perspective, you know, kind of in comparison to other common respiratory illnesses, at least as we're, you know, in this case, we're talking a lot about RSV in adults, um, Mm -hmm. older adults, Um, most people, you know, that are, you know, our age and healthy, right. if we get RSV, we'll never even know it. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a cold, you know, right. um, but for those more vulnerable populations, you know, how serious can it be? Um, and one of the papers you sent me said, you know, six to 10,000 um, um, older adults um, will die each year from an RSV complicated illness. So pneumonia or whatever. Um, and so, in comparison, flu-related deaths are mm-hmm. usually up there, you know, um, 60, 70,000, 100,000, like you said, on a bad year. Right, right. So, just in comparison, it's still much less of a problem than some other things, mm-hmm. um, but it's still there. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, so based on the trials, so there was two of them. One by Glaxo's Miss, Cl- I don't know. Whether it's <laughs> it's a tongue, yeah, yeah. Tongue and one by, of course, Pfizer did one. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, the people who got vaccinated versus people who didn't, the rate difference is about 85%. So it had an 85% chance of not really stopping it, but w- the difference is the symptoms. Right. So the 85 percentile, maybe if they had three symptoms of like cough, congestion, fever, it might cut it, cut it down. And so uh, if they had two symptoms only, it might it's like 60 percent. So for the mild cases, maybe not a whole lot of difference for the severe cases seems to improve symptoms. And that was seen about in both of them. And now, you know, did they study hospitalization? Did they study death? They didn't look at those two things. Did they study transmissibility? Like if you get it, do you still transmit? They didn't look at either of those things either. Um, but what they've shown is, hey, if you get it, your symptoms might not be as severe. Uh, and that might be the difference between uh, going to a hospital or just finding this out at home. Yeah, and that's kind of the point of a lot of vaccines. Mm -hmm. You know, getting the flu shot doesn't mean you won't get the flu. Um, But if you are in a vulnerable population, the very young, the very old, Mm -hmm. the respiratory compromised, um, your chance of going into the hospital um, because of a complication typically is lower if you've been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not a matter of whether, like... It works or not, um, you know, we're trying to reduce complications. Exactly. It, it, no, exactly. And so, you know, for, I mean, again, this, our podcast is not really a, you should get one, you shouldn't get one. But, you know, based on some of these studies, it does look like if you have a lot of complications, if you're older, it might benefit you. Uh, now, you're right. I'm like, I'm already rolling my shoulder up for flu, for COVID, and RSV. That's a lot of shots in their shoulder. And, you know, at the end of the day, I would say this is probably a personal decision. Mm. Uh, this is probably not a mandated bull thing, uh, mainly because if you have no data that this thing can stop transmission or benefit a third party for you getting it, then there's no reason to force people to get it. So at the end of the day, especially for our elderly adults, there is reduction in symptoms. Didn't really study a lot of other hard outcomes. So if you want to get it, great. If you don't, then keep on, keep it on. Yeah. (laughs) That's the most like... (laughs) Uh, what would that be like technical term you could 
That's right. We don't step on anybody's toes. We're like, no, that common sense medicine told me to get it. Yeah, no, we're not. No, yeah, it's up to you. Yeah. Um, Now, I think, Melissa, the interesting one is the mom one, because this is probably one of the first vaccines where we purposefully give it to mom to help baby. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, moms benefit uh, or risk of bad outcomes from RSV is also very, very low, probably close to zero. Um, But babies is not. And so little kids, um, especially if they're born in, you know, November, December, that first six months of life that they're born during RSV season, it can get a little hairy. And like I said, in the the hospital in the winter, it is almost all RSV. Mm Mm-hmm. So this one is a little bit more interesting study. So what they did was they gave it to a bunch of pregnant women. And what they were looking for is, did this prevent RSV-related hospitalizations in young children? Uh, and the answer is actually it did. So the idea is mom gets the vaccine, mom makes antibodies, antibodies cross the placenta, goes to baby and protects baby for a little while. And this is something that happens to all all viruses, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we do breastfeeding and all that stuff, because mom can give antibodies to babies while the baby is in this vulnerable state. Um, however, a couple of things. Number one, it did not seem to stop hospitalizations at all, meaning, OK, let's say 10,000 kids go to the hospital from for RSV you know, flu, whatever. Okay, I give a vaccine to the mom, gives it to the baby. Uh, maybe now RSV hospitalization is less, but still 10,000 kids went to the hospital. So it seems like they just got replaced with another virus. And so that was a kind of a, a question mark brain. You know, I was sitting there like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might warrant enough like, uh, maybe we need to watch this one again to see if that makes a big difference. The second one, and this truly is one that made me pause for a second, is a lower birth weight sometimes significant is significant and so it was enough of a signal for you to stop for a second and be like mm, should we get more data do we need more participants is this really a thing or is it just by chance now it seems like it was statistically significant in the study so that means it's more than just chance but all that being said anytime i'm trying to give something to the mom like even pregnant women right i'm like i don't know if you can have pseudofed i mean <laughs> we're so nervous yeah yeah because i mean you know it's like you're treating mom but you're also treating baby exactly yeah so i guess any new product to mom always makes me think for a second like "Mm, is this really something or should we wait yeah and i think that's you know yeah definitely with pregnant moms um but just in general you know when as we're prescribing any type of medication or treatment it's like you know there is always a pause of like is this something that we really have to do and nobody mm-hmm. wants to take medicines or shots or things like that if they're not really going to have benefit mm-hmm. um so yeah it's always something to think about <laughs> yeah so the message is the same um this like the childhood one Definitely, I think, needs more consideration because, again, it's new and it's for mom. And so um, the studies show that there is a decrease in RSV hospitalization, but maybe not all hospitalization. And this birth weight thing could be a thing or not a thing. So, again, we're not telling you to get it, mom, <laughs> or not get it. We're just saying this is something to talk with your OB. That's our, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's our family medicine dodge the bullet. Like, just mm-hmm. talk to your OB doctor about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, Melissa, as we continue on, flu vaccine Mm -hmm. so flu vaccine is one that has been around for a long long time and in fact that is one that's mandated to healthcare or strongly suggested (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, we've had to get one since we were like yeah. 18. Girl, oh my gosh. You know, it's so funny. I think uh, when I was at uh, Carolinas, they they tied your Christmas bonus to your, <laughs> to your flu shot. <laughs> yeah, so I they, bet there was a high compliance rate. Oh yeah, girl. They're, they're, they weren't like, oh, if you don't get it, you don't. We're gonna fire you. They're like, if you don't get it, you don't get this nice bonus. And uh, you're like, give okay. it to me. <laughs> um, but um, I think you know, flu vaccine. You know, it does seem to help with. Uh, it, uh, I think what you said earlier, it doesn't stop you from catching it. But the whole goal is to prevent you from getting super sick. And there definitely is some data with that. I think the hard thing with flu vaccine is just it is very inaccurate, right? So essentially what they're doing is flu is common in the southern hemisphere before it hits us. So Australia gets their flu season in our summer, and then we get flu seasons uh, in the winter. And so what we do is we look at Australia, and we're like, okay, what flu strains are really common at that time? And then what we do is we take four of the most prominent ones, and we put it in an egg. And we grow the vaccine out of a chicken egg, <laughs> which is like, who thought of this? I know, this idea. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then they give it. And then, so some years, um, you would say, hey, this thing is 60% effective. Uh, some years, it's like 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we guessed wrong. I think last year was one of those years. It yeah. feels like everybody got it. Yeah, I feel like we just missed. And I, <laughs> yeah, I think last year was when, like, it hit us in, like, October. Yeah, it was real bad. And so everyone's like, flu shot time. Like, half the population already got flu. And yeah. <laughs> but then it stopped. We didn't have much, like, mm-hmm. after January, which yeah. is normally the busiest time, like January, February. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that is, you know, the flu shot is one of those things, like, flu okay you put this out there for the people that flu sucks it's so bad so bad i i had it last year for the like i think really the first time in my during my adulthood probably because i've always been mandated (laughs) to get the flu shot and if i do get it it's so mild that i don't even know or don't test Mm -hmm. um but last year i 100 percent, no doubt had it and it yeah it felt near death yeah yeah. (laughs) it was so bad yeah yeah and flu is so tricky because it mutates so fast you know so at any point in mississippi like this winter you might have like 18 strains of it floating around in mississippi and the vaccine only covers four uh it's still uh, you don't want to catch it if you can or if you do get it you want to be as mild as possible Mm -hmm. which is essentially what the flu vaccine can do now you know on the flip side is it completely free of side effects probably not mm-hmm. um some people when they get it they they ache too you know it's not the flu let's put that yeah <laughs> uh it what it does is it stimulates your immune system and some people get very flu-like symptoms right um usually not enough to miss work but they feel pretty crummy uh there is risk for guillain-barre and some of these other rare issues but luckily when we're talking about one in a million lightning strike mm-hmm. kind of things um so all that being said from a public health standpoint usually it's probably not a bad idea especially if your risk of exposure is high yeah so like me and you we're in healthcare. We're i've already exposed. seen yeah people coughing <laughs> yeah. in our face <laughs> yeah. yeah we're yeah constantly exposed so yeah i mean there's a reason that that we need to get it yeah 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 so but yeah. you know you can just as easily get exposed like in walmart so <laughs> So just be careful out there. Right, right. Oh, yeah. And mostly, I mean, in our field, Thanksgiving afterwards, we explode. Oh, yeah. 
So that, yeah, Thanksgiving is next week. Mm -hmm. So that Monday when we come back from a four-day weekend, that's when I caught it last year. Mm -hmm. It was during Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. uh, when I was visiting family, (laughs) and then I had to call in on Monday. Yeah. (laughs) I remember. Yeah, you were probably like, oh no, Melissa's gone. I'm going to die. So yeah, that that Monday after is usually when it explodes. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, right, air travel. Right. And okay, guys, if you're sick with fever, please don't go to Thanksgiving. Please don't go. Yeah. yeah just stay home. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, you can miss one. You can order turkey, kind of come to your house. But because, I mean, it is pretty contagious. You're all together in a room watching the egg bowl, eating mm-hmm. a bunch of junk. I mean, that thing will spread like wildfire and people get their feelings hurt because it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, moving on to our last one, Rona. Mm-hmm. Okay, so guys, when my grandkids ask me about <laughs> summer of 2020, I'm going to have some stories. Yeah. Because we did some stuff. Mm-hmm. We, people walked out in scuba suits, <laughs> shopping. Uh, I mean, there are products that are being sold and advertised that look like a space suit. Mm-hmm. Um, people are wearing masks with holes cut out so they can play the trumpet. I mean, mm-hmm. it, we just did some stuff. I think they watch too many, like, um, movies, yes. you know. I don't know what all of them are, but you yeah, know, we're like contagion. Some, yes. yes, that's one of them. So yeah, all right. What was the one? The one, the one with the monkey? That, oh, um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, they, I told you I don't watch movies <laughs> very often. Yeah, and somehow they found a cure in like an hour when they got the antibodies yes, in the monkey. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, COVID obviously it was very, very bad in the beginning. Alpha, Delta, um, the original OG. I call it the OG. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it rocks some people. Yeah. Um, but luckily now it has become Omicron and ever since Omicron hit, it's not fun being sick, but mm-hmm. the, the hospitalization risk, the death risk, the blood clots, the, all those things that we were seeing with the original one, luckily do not seem to have that same effect with this one. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, much less. Um, the tricky thing is this season is mm-hmm. that, um, it feels very flu-like in the beginning, yes. you know, so fever, chills, body aches, headache. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have those symptoms, you probably are going to get tested for both. Yeah. Um, and you probably won't really know either way almost, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. feels kind of similar, but um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but no, 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 other no. than just like when you start getting sick with those symptoms, mm-hmm. could be either way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I would say this year, the Rona that we've seen is very much more flu-like, like mm-hmm. fever. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the other ones, I don't think people had fever. They might just have a cough, runny nose. And like today, a patient had cough, runny nose. But I've had a lot more like, hey, I ache. I mm-hmm. feel bad. I don't yeah. feel good. They feel know? like the backache. Like mm-hmm. they're like... They think certainly it's the flu just based off of those. And then it's COVID. It's COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to let you know, COVID's never going away. Yeah. Right. It's going to be here forever. It's joined the other coronavirus families as a yearly seasonal bug that we see. So the idea of eradicating it forever is gone. Um, They do have a vaccine. They do update it. I would say the main difference between maybe a COVID vaccine and the flu vaccine is flu is trying to anticipate Mm -hmm. right so i'm trying to anticipate what's coming COVID's a little different COVID's like well this is a strain that's been circulating for a few months so let's update it real quick (laughs) and then by the time it's rolled out everybody's already had it that's right or a bunch of people have exactly exactly so maybe that's kind of the difference um if you look at data wise um 
they don't really do a lot of randomized trials anymore with it. They're just testing antibodies. So they give it to eight mice, look at the antibodies go up, and they say approved, um, which obviously looking at vaccine policy now, looking watching everything play through the past three years, probably it'd be better to have a better type of st- study mm-hmm. than eight mice. But uh, all that being said, <laughs> I'm not an anti-vaccine. <laughs> Sometimes I question what we are doing. Um, But what we do know is probably like the other ones, the high risk population. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, even COVID period, we know there's a risk gradient. Children mostly left alone. Young adults mostly left alone. People who've caught COVID before the second time mostly leaves them alone. Um, But the kidney transplant, heart attack, history heart attack, stroke, you know, 65 and above, nursing home frail i mean these pop- people probably would still benefit from some type of protection uh and that would probably be in more more in guideline with the other countries so i know like in the uk some places won't even let you get it unless you're 65 and above um or you have to have a doctor's excuse to get it earlier um so all that being said thankfully covid's danger to our population is not what it used to be there is a vaccine for it the data for it is not what i would ideally like to see but Again, our, our our answer is, if you want it, you can get it. If you don't want it, you don't have to. Um, there was the myocarditis thing that popped up in younger men. Um, but as far as the elderly, we don't see that huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, and the thing on the news I saw with the possible increased stroke risk was COVID flu shot together on the same day. Mm-hmm. So okay. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right, Melissa, um, I'm going to, we're going to wrap it up. Okay. But we're going to wrap it up with some common myths. Okay. Okay. Because I saw this today and I just want to see what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So today, this morning, I was on Twitter or X and there was this big thing like, we're never getting another flu shot in our entire life. And I was looking at the, the, the thread. I probably shouldn't because it wastes my time. Uh, and it got, the guys were like, isn't it interesting that every year when we start giving flu shots, the flu starts? And then that's when my eyes like roll <laughs> because flu is seasonal. Yeah. So we start giving flu shots in preparation for the impending flu season. Correct. It's going to come either way. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we know in wintertime, flu is more common. Everybody's inside. They're crowded together. So it's going to spread. This happens every single winter, whether we have good flu se- uh, shot uptake, we have poor flu shot uptake. It doesn't matter Mm-mm. because flu is going to do what it's going to do. The vaccine look, does not have any flu virus, live mm-hmm. virus in there. Mm-hmm. So you cannot catch the flu from the flu shot. And like we said earlier, you might feel bad because your immune system is reacting and that's usually a good sign. It's learning. It's mm-hmm. learning the the virus so it's ready. It's a blueprint to fight it when it comes. But for the people that says getting the flu shot is what causes the flu to come, that is like, that's just not smart. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the second one, and this is probably one we want to clarify, toxic chemicals in the vaccines, mm-hmm. right? The mercury and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, most dose vials now are single vials. So the level of mercury or thimerosal, it's actually not really mercury. It's very, very low. Uh, but to, the other thing is our exposure to mercury, our exposure to formaldehyde, all these things is actually higher in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Like it's in eye um, contact solution. It's in Sharpies. 
<laughs> uh, it's in fish. It's、mm-hmm. in all sorts of things that we eat, and usually the level is so low that the body is just like,、eh, whatever.、Yeah. Now somebody will sell you like, let me come to my clinic, and I'll what diarrhea, detox your <laughs> blood with this three thousand dollar infusion.、Mm-hmm. That's just people are making yeah, stuff up. Save your money. Save your money.、Um, all right. What's another one that I saw today that was just like, what are people talking about?、Um, Well, that's probably the two most common ones.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, any closing thoughts you have on these things, Melissa?、Um, I don't think so. I think you know, kind of like we said, you know, you kind of have to evaluate your own risk and the risk of those around you too,、mm-hmm. um, and decide whether these things are right for you.、Um, there's still good preventative measures either way.、Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, good hand washing. <laughs> Um, avoiding, yeah, avoiding,、um, you know, crowded functions when you're sick.、Mm-hmm, you know,、mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we said, stay home.、Um, there's, you know, there's lots of things that you can just do to to do your best. And and you know, when you're sick.、Um, Take the time that you need to get better. Yeah, you know,、yeah. I think we're always in a rush. We don't have time to be sick. That's what、mm-hmm. we're seeing right now. We we are seeing. You know, some upper respiratory stuff kind of feels very flu-like, but、mm-hmm. everybody's like negative for everything, right?、Um, but people don't like not having an answer,、mm-hmm. and that you know, it feels like if there's not an answer, then it's like I need to just be able to go back and do whatever I need to do, right?、Um, when the answer is probably like you have a a cold or mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. upper respiratory virus. That still just has to run its course,、right. and if that means that you're home for five days,、mm-hmm. like you're just home for five days. I know、right. we're in a rush to get better. Nobody has time to get sick right now,、mm-hmm. but sometimes when it happens, we just have to take it easy. Absolutely, that that, that is perfect. And, I mean, the back of the hand washing. I mean, we should have learned something from 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, like alcohol、um, distilleries Girl,、yes. were making、um, like hand sanitizer because、oh、you、gosh. couldn't find it in stores,、yes. and it was like straight tequila <laughs> that you were just like rubbing on your hands. Oh man, Melissa! I remember in the beginning we would have rashes. We come with hand rashes because they're just washing it, and people are like, "There was one online was like, you should wash your hands every thirteen minutes." I'm like, thirteen. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're just making stuff up during that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Melissa, this was fun. This was a good one. We did not step on any toes. I, I mean, don't think so. No.、Yeah. No. Every time it comes to vaccines, we're all a little bit like we want to respect people's opinions, but we also want to point out dumb things、yeah. uh, and inform people just on what the true risks and benefits are. Yeah. And if you have questions, like it's not a. There are no dumb questions.、Mm-hmm. Ask your provider. Like、Absolutely. they will give you an unbiased. You know, hopefully medically <laughs> yeah, yeah. based yeah. response.、Absolutely. You know, don't get your medical advice off the internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for the last time, guys, we do not get paid. No, when people get vaccinated. No, or when they get sick. Yes, we don't, <laughs> <laughs> we don't get paid to write drugs. Yeah, we don't get paid to do. A, Anything, yeah. I think those like people are like you just work for pharma. I do not work for no, pharma. No, I've never gotten no, no anything from pharma. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, well, Melissa. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yeah, we might try to squeeze one out before,、uh, maybe a holiday eating guide. Okay, that would be fun. All right. So, all right. Thanks, Melissa.、Mm-hmm.